Welcome to Hack the Interview. We're your hosts. I'm Adrienne. And I'm Lorraine. We're sisters, recruiters, and business partners with the Atlas Group, an organization that helps to diversify the talent pool for tech teams and helps job seekers through the entire job search process. Today is a very special day because we're here with Jamila Walker. Jamila is a self-described as a lover, life liver, seeker, sojourner, and always aspiring change maker. Jamila is the owner and clinical practice director of New Counseling PLLC, a safe haven for anyone wanting to better navigate life with a sense of self-confidence, self-love, self-worth, and self-compassion. Through her and her team's work as counselors, Jamila hopes to change the way people see therapy, how therapists show up as therapists, and how people engage in the healing and growth processes within therapy. Her clinical work leans strongly on gratitude, acceptance, and forgiveness, and her practice motto is real people helping real people with real problems. She endeavors to embody this intentionality in her work as a therapist, an educator, and in any and all places of being for her in this lifetime. Jamila is a devoted partner and mother and finds joy in dancing, journaling, soulful conversation, and the quiet stillness of her front porch on Sundays. Thank you so much for joining us, Jamila. Thank you for having me, Adrian. I'm excited to be here. Hi, Lorraine. Hi, so good to have you, Jamila. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, so tell us more about yourself and what led you to the work that you do today. Yeah, so um, as Adrian shared, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I've been doing this work for um, now a little bit over eight years. Um, I, I kind of came to the work organically, one in response to just the life that I've lived looking for kind of answers and clarity. And then it has just morphed into so much more than that. And so, you know, finding ways to help myself has allowed me to um, be able to find ways to help other people. And so I think, um, for the most part, that's how I came to, to do this work. And I love it. I love this work. I feel like if there's anything that I should be doing in this lifetime work-wise, it should be this. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I'm sure just, especially too, with everything going on in these times, it's like the work that you are doing and your team is doing is helping so many people. Yeah. Thankfully, I would say the same thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, so I want to kind of, um, with, you know, this conversation today with looking at this, like through the lens of like job seekers or people that are looking to transition out of work or into a new opportunity. Um, and one of the things that Lorene and I, and some other people in the recruiting field have, have actually talked about is there are people that are leaving toxic work environments mm -hmm. and, you know, in these environments, maybe they, they overgave or um, they had a really demeaning boss. Um, and so what it seems like ends up happening is because they had this negative experience at their last employer, sometimes during the interview process, they come off as abrasive or um, super on edge. Um, and so, you know, from our perspective, we, we can understand, but it also isn't a good look during the interview process mm. um, to, to kind of bring that with you front and center. So do you have any like tips for job seekers of like how 
you know, do you navigate those, like leaving a toxic relationship, but then coming to a new relationship without actually bringing that baggage with you? So I, I think first, let me say, that's a really good question. Um, I, I don't know. So when you said that, what it made me think about is being in an intimate partner relationship. And so thinking about being in an intimate partner relationship, you know, my advice would always be to give it some time, give it some space, you know, process the experience, figure out what lessons, forgiveness, growth, gratitude, gifts, what, what was this about? Um, but many times when we're going from job to job, we don't have the luxury of, of doing that. So we don't get these, you know, two month, three year breaks between jobs. We have to kind of get, keep going. And so I think part of it is just accepting that something happened. It did have an impact on you and that there will be some healing that needs to take place. Um, I, I think a lot of it for me also center, centers around forgiveness. Um, and so again, you know, looking at what are the lessons, um, but then also what is it that I need to accept and what is it that I need to let go of? And so forgiving that experience, but then the other part is, you know, celebrating this opportunity for newness. And I know a lot of this may, you know, sound, um, I don't know more than what someone can do in the moment of feeling like I was rejected or this environment was toxic, but um, I'm a believer too that um, even when there are things that are bad happening, there's always something good happening. And if we can you know, train ourselves to kind of focus on those good things, I think that um, it's important. And so, you know, accepting that you're going to have to process this experience, giving yourself some time to do that, looking for the lessons, the, the gifts, the gratitude, forgiving um, and letting go of whatever has happened, and then celebrating the change, finding a way to celebrate the change. And if you can't do that on your own, being willing to seek help. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, there was one time we were in a, and we had a, a, we were in a group and someone had, had come from a really bad experience and she was even saying like, she could tell in her job interview, she was, she would go, you know, they're like, why are you looking for a change, right? And she would start going into all of the reasons why her, mm. you know, current employer, you know, was a shit show. Mm. And, you know, and, and, and it's like, so she, she was kind of like processing that, you know, with the interviewer. Mm. So I love what you're saying of like, you don't necessarily need to do that on the interview, but like take the time if you can for yourself to process on your own, yeah. um, whether that be like through journaling, reflection, give yourself some time somewhere, um, look for the lessons, show gratitude, find forgiveness, let go, and then celebrate, hey, I'm actually in this new opportunity. I'm, I'm able to leave the situation. Some people can't That's leave right. or something like that. That's right. That's right. Jamila, do you think there might be a point for some people where they don't realize that they're, you know, scarred or coming off as abrasive? So how does someone come off of, you know, somewhere where maybe it was toxic and, you know, they knew it was bad, but they don't realize how bad it is. You know, how does someone kind of do a check with themselves? Mm, so, 
So, and, and so I'm going to turn it on you guys a little bit because I'm a therapist and I ask questions for a living. So I'm going to flip this a little We're bit. We're supposed to ask you all the questions. That's right. We thought, we thought. So, so I guess my question is as recruiters, I think you all are kind of like the first point of contact, right? Right. Yeah, pretty much. It, and so in the process, I'm assuming that you are prepping and that some of this you're going to be able to get wind of before they even go into the, the interview process with the prospective right. employer. And so what I would say is, you know, I would think that um, you all are a part of the team of people around them that are serving as reflectors, um, that you are not just recruiters, you're kind of accountability partners. Um, I think that it may be difficult for someone that is really close to someone to say, hey, you know, you sound kind of toxic and you may need to check that. But then I think that for you all, and this is a statement as much as it is a question, um, I wonder if there is something that as recruiters you can do to kind of bring forth a certain level of reflection and awareness, whether it's some activity or some you know, feedback that you're giving them. Um, is that possible? Does that happen? I think it's a case by case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and we do have a group. <laughs> um, we do have like a little community and, and the course that we've run where we do, there are some like reflection exercises in there to kind of clear mm -hmm. some things out. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's definitely on like a case by case basis. And if we hear someone that's just like super negative and we know that like the hiring managers aren't going to be able to really receive them, um, you know, or I think that's that definitely an opportunity. Feedback. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and so I don't know. And so I'm a business owner too, and I know I'm kind of hijacking the hijack of but I'm a business owner too, and I'm really big on systems and processes. And so I'm thinking, is there some kind of system and process that could be put in on the front end of bringing in a potential recruit or employee where you are getting them to begin to be self-reflective about the experience they have? And so I don't know if you know that's your work. I don't know if... Um, that's the work of someone else. I do think that it's the work of all of us individually to be self-reflective. And so for me, the biggest thing is just, again, getting to this place of um, self-reflection. How do we get them to that? And maybe it's the questions that you're asking in the process of bringing them on board that says, okay, what was this experience like? What is it that you want to take? What is it that you wanna leave behind to make them aware on the front end before they get into that interview of, okay, this is what my narrative sounds like. Let me check this. Right. And a question that I had is, you know, how do you make sure you bring your authentic self to an interview instead of feeling like you have to be performative or that you really have to act like everything's okay, even though you're super stressed out? What are some things that people can do to really make sure they're bringing themselves to that interview? Mm -hmm. And so I, I think when I think about that, um, I'm, I'm first of all thinking about how we show up in life just in general. And so I think that, you know, 
I don't, I don't think it's uncommon for us to want to shine light on the best parts of ourselves. So first of all, let me say that. Um, I do think that sometimes we get in interviews and we are kind of in this place of just people pleasing and kind of overdoing it. And so I, I know for me, I, I value people being real and, um, excuse me, I, I, I value people being real. And I think that most people want to connect with other people that are real. And I think that that includes the workplace. Um, I think that, you know, some level of understanding that most employers aren't looking for perfection and they know that there will have to be some coaching and mentoring that comes along with, you know, the position regardless of who they, call, they, they bring on board or how polished that person is. Um, but I think, again, you know, a best practice is just kind of living authentically, um, knowing yourself, having some level of self-awareness, um, figuring out how it is that you move or knowing how you move and having a mindset that, you know, you're enough, you're good enough, um, and you have worth and value regardless of what happens in this interview. Um, and then as well, a sense of self-acceptance that says that if this is not for me, then there's something better. And then I think just trust in the process would be the tips that I would give for how to show up as your authentic self. And as far as specific communication tips, is there anything that you would recommend specifically? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I would kind of break the communication down into two different areas. So one would be the internal communication. And then the other, of course, would be the external communication. So external communication wise, I think it's good to be personal, personable, and then listen for engagement rather than just response. And so where is their resonance? What is being said that, you know, I can relate to and how to respond in a way that relates and is relational? Um, I think it's important to be as direct as possible in responses. And so meaning if you know, you're having a conversation with an employer about apples, you're not going to start talking about Nebraska. And so just being mm -hmm. as direct as possible, I think from an external um, standpoint, those are, you know, really important things. And then internally, um, I would just be very mindful of the dialogue that you're having with yourself. What are you saying to yourself about yourself? What are you affirming or, you know, denying based on what you're saying. And so giving yourself grace, giving yourself permission to be imperfect, giving yourself permission to make mistakes and have flaws. Um, and then going in knowing that, you know, whether you are the best fit for the position or not, um, again, that if not this, then something better. And believing in yourself, I think is really important too. I love what you said about an external and internal those two communication routes that you're having. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of goes into my next question is, you know, how does someone deal with knowing they want to leave and still having to work at a company? Because I feel like there would also be a lot of internal, right? You know, you want to leave, but then externally, you know, the conversation might be different with coworkers or your boss or people that are close to you in that job. So how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah. So you know, when I'm, when I'm working with a client who is looking for a way out of a, of a job where they're trying to transition, um, 
I'm again, like I'm big on just kind of looking at what are the lessons. And so, you know, I, I think that if we are in any particular place, we're in a place to learn lessons. And if we're still there, um, I think that there's still some lesson for us to learn. And so, you know, encouraging them to continue to look for the lessons, the gifts, the gratitudes and, and the growth opportunities. And then I'm also just encouraging them um, to make sure that they've done everything that they can possibly do. You know, is your resume current? Are your references in place? Are you only applying to positions that you feel that you're qualified for? Are you thinking audaciously? You know, what do you believe about the next opportunity in beginning to, you know, create kind of a, a vision um, or visualizing what this next experience looks like? And so I'm just a believer that anything that we are living in this, this physical plane, this reality happened way before it manifested. And so, you know, doing all of the background work, the prep work to get to that physical manifestation. And so that would be um, what I would be working on with, with them if they were wanting to leave, but unable to leave, I would just kind of begin to shift their focus on, okay, what does leaving look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And once, you know, um, people that are working with, with you or not with you, but, are the, but that are doing this work that are then, you know, looking to create a new opportunity, they're coming up with their vision. Um, they're beginning to, you know, put themselves in positions. They're starting to dream audaciously. They're starting to apply for things. And then, um, they're sending all these emails, you know, all these applications and they're getting rejection after rejection after rejection. And um, no one is saying yes, you know? Any tips on that in terms of like, it, just overall, just dealing with rejection effectively, but also having a dream um, and then dealing with kind of the space in between the dream and things not working, not aligning with that dream right away. Yeah, and so, you know, that it, it makes me think of something I heard one time and what it was, was um, basically the person was saying, if you knew that every 28th door was going to be closed, but the 29th door was going to be open, how would you move? And so it's kind of, for me, this mindset that says things always work out. It, 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 it always is going to be better. Things are getting better. Um, I'm in the process of things getting better. And so, you know, thinking about, about it from this place of, okay, not this opportunity. This isn't personal. It isn't about me. For whatever reason, I wasn't the best fit and accepting that it's not personal. And then again, just believing that there is something better coming along. Um, I think too, you know, that, you know, remembering that um, it's natural to feel, you know, grief and anger and a sense of hopelessness and, and, and loss uh, when we do get rejected repeatedly. And so I think allowing ourselves to feel that um, I think is important too. But then, you know, going back to the self-compassion and how we talk to ourselves and, um, remembering that things always get better. Awesome. And Jamila, you said this term twice, and I just kind of want to circle back to it. You said how, you know, how you move, how do you move? Mm -hmm. And so 
you brought up the example of the 29th door and you know 28 being close to the 29th door what do you mean by the way that we move um so i i think more than anything just you know what is it that you believe um do you believe that things work out do you believe that um things are going to get better do you believe that um that that you are going to land on your feet what do you what do you believe um more than anything else i think that that is about how you move and so do you move from a perspective of pessimism or do you move from a per per perspective of optimism do you move in a way that um you are trusting the process and the way that things are happening and knowing that everything is always leading to some good outcome for you how do you move mm. Okay, that makes so much sense. And I don't know if you've seen this, but you know, there is, and there is research to back this up that in uh, the workforce, um, there's a lot of women now out of the workforce. It's like very similar to how it was in like the 1950s, mm -hmm. um, just with everything that's been happening with the economy and COVID and things like that. And so just also wanted to kind of touch on um, just how it is, you know, people maybe that are women that are working or men too, you know, that um, maybe some, maybe in some different roles, but um, are having to like work from home and take the brunt of the housework. And, and it's just hard, like any tips for just kind of managing life and work and family all together? Yeah, I, I think that um, self-care is a really big deal. And I think that you know, being in the pandemic, coming through the, the tail end of the pandemic, we're able to do a lot more, but, you know, finding things that you can do that make you feel good. And so, you know, for, for me, that's dancing, for me, that's walking, um, for me, it's journaling, for me, it's swimming, um, but finding things that can give you a sense of release and an outlet, um, in the midst of everything that's going on, I think too, um, you know, again, allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling. I think that one of the things that we do is oftentimes we block what it is that we're feeling. We resist it. And I have a friend who has this saying, and she says, um, you know, what we resist persists. And so just knowing that when we don't let ourselves feel how we're feeling in any given moment, we, we run the risk of that feeling persisting even longer. Um, and, and I don't know, I, I remember um, in 2014, I was myself out of work and began to get to the place where it was just like, um, like something's got to give. Like if I'm not, you know, working by this point, then I have to do something different. And so I think to being open to shifting gears, um, if need be, is important as well. Yeah, yeah, that makes so much sense. And I know when you're talking about um, adding enjoy to your life, um, like for people that are listening, that this may be like a new concept for them. How, like, how do you start integrating something like that? Do you like put it on a calendar, like? Like, what are some, I guess, tips or tricks that people can start integrating these things into their lives? 
I like the idea of putting it on a calendar. I also like the idea of um, just finding one small thing. And so it doesn't have to be, you know, I'm going to come up with this elaborate plan to do a thousand different things. Um, but just doing one small thing, I think incorporating it into, you know, maybe your morning routine. And so maybe it's something as simple as, you know, finding three things a day that you're thankful for or um, journaling for five minutes a day. Um, but I think finding one small thing to get you started and then allowing space for that thing to build on to everything else. That's amazing. Jamila, you're giving so many gems. Like I've been taking notes the whole time and I trust that other people are too. There's so many things that I think all of us can implement into our day-to-day. -day. So thank you so much. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. We're going to go into our lightning round. Okay. So it's our fun part. I think it's fun part. Um, so we'll ask oh, you a few questions. All the are fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rini, do you want to ask these ones? No, you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jamila. Yes. If you were given the chance to explore the oceans, go to outer space or visit 50 different countries, which one would you choose? Ooh, I have to choose one or can I do all? One. Um, I am a water baby. I think I want to explore the ocean. Um, I love travel. The idea of outer space is definitely intriguing, but I am a water baby. I'm, I'm trying to find out if Atlantis is still kicking it down <laughs> here. <laughs> find that treasure. That's right. Nice. If you could time travel, would you go to the past or the future? Mm, these are good questions. I'm like, I want to do it all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I think I would, um, I'd like to go to the past. Can I, if I go to the past, do I get to see some of my former selves? Like, mm -hmm. absolutely going to the past. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what is your favorite word? Mm, favorite word. Um, love. Love. Favorite book? Favorite book. I have a lot of them. I'm going to say um, one of the most impactful books for me has been um, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. Mm, beautiful. And Jamil, do you have a name for your car? Well, so I inherited my car from my dad and my dad named the car Sam, but Sam was a woman and Sam is now a man. And so, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Love yes. it. Love it. And if aliens landed on earth tomorrow and they offered to take you home with them, would you go? Can I take people with me or do I have to go by myself? <laughs> I think you could ask the aliens that but I think you'd be able to take people with you so if I can take a few people with me I'll go but if not I got I got some folks that I need to stay back here for <laughs> <laughs> Jamila um, what go ahead oh no I just said awesome oh 
Uh, Jamila, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so much fun and you shared so much that will be able to help so many people. So please check her out. Um, and Jamila, people did want to check you out. Where could they find you? Yeah, so we are on um, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, um, LinkedIn, New Counseling, PLLC, that's N-E-W-C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G, P as in Peter, L as in Larry, L as in Leopard, C as in Car. Um, and then we're also at newcounselingplc.com. That's our website. And so if you're interested in, you know, speaking to me or, or one of our other therapists, you can always catch us there as well. Thanks. And Jamila, I saw that you also have some programs. What are some of the new things that you're launching or have going on? Yeah, so one of our, our biggest initiatives right now is we are launching more of a groups practice. And so we have a couple of different groups that are going to be starting soon, a women's wellness group um, that's focused on self-esteem, self-worth, self-confidence, self-love, um, an adolescent wellness group that is similar. We have a women's writing group that we're starting, um, a brain injury, traumatic brain injury group that we are getting off the ground. And we're also looking at an eco-therapy group to potentially start soon. Awesome, really great things. So if you like what you heard today, give us a review or download the episode. And if there's something you want to hear more on or have feedback for us, DM us on LinkedIn or Adrian and Lorraine Dinklocker. And don't worry, our names will be written in the show notes along with Jamila's information. And our site is theatlasgroup.co where you can also find more information on our membership group and download a free resume template. Thank you so much, Jamila, for your time. Thank you for having me, ladies. This was great. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.